0: Welcome to Church in the Basement, where we seek to see God more clearly and to live a life loving God and loving others. Hey everybody, we are back in the basement and we took a little bit of a detour on uh, at the end of last week and we spent some time in Psalms 23 and I, I hope and I pray that that time was helpful for you, that it drew you closer to the heart of God and yeah, that you really benefited from it. Uh, but we are back in the Gospel of John in John 10 and we sort of left off at a big point uh where where Jesus had talked about I am the door and then he said I am the good shepherd. And at the very end of uh how he was describing how he is the shepherd, he makes some very big statements about the gospel. And so we're I'm going to read through that portion and we'll sort of close out that section and then in verse 22 it's going to jump into a time that is actually uh, about 2 months after um, the conversation that we were currently in, where Jesus was talking to a number of Pharisees about how he is the door and he is the good shepherd. So here we go. In verse 17 of John 10, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one has taken away it away from me, But I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. And then it says in verse 19, A division occurred again among the Jews because of these words. Many of them were saying, He has a demon and is is insane. Why do you listen to him? others were saying there are not the sayings of one demon possessed these are not the sayings of one demon po- demon possessed a demon cannot open the eyes of the blind can he and so w- we've talked about this before that the words of Jesus we've encountered this before within the gospel of John that the words of Jesus uh, sometimes divide the crowd um and it's because people have to believe, um, and we're going to talk about this in the next couple of episodes that that it's really Jesus drawing people to believe in him and calling people to believe in him as we hear Jesus say, "I am the Son of God and and so we're 2 months after, and so this division is really important to understand that there is a division among people who don't know who he is. Some believe he's possessed by a demon, and some believe man, like they're really being challenged like who can perform miracles like this, bringing sight to a man who is born blind. And so these are good things. And a lot of times I think we steer away in our lives from doubt, but doubt isn't always a bad thing. It stirs up positive questions, things that you should be bringing to the Lord. And in your time with him, asking that question, the, those questions of him. And I have found the Holy Spirit to be very, very faithful in answering those questions in one way or another. God is such a great communicator. And he's so good at revealing himself to us. And so we enter into this uh, this next section in verse 22. That again uh, is two months after uh, the prior section. Um, but it's included here because I I think because Sir so John lumped them together as he's using a lot of the same verbiage um, about being a shepherd and sheep. And he's going to get into some really... Um, intense things to think about, and I want to put those to you. But today, I, I think we're going to just sort of form a little bit of a framework of where they're at um, and why people, their mindset is where it is. Because it says here in verse 22, uh, I'll read through this a little bit. At, the time of the, at that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. The Jews then gathered around him and were saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these testify of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand i and the father are one so he's he's clearly professing to be the son of god and and, and people get um riled up after this but we're going to pause here for a moment because it's really important as we're going to dive into these things eventually um the next episode um we will dive into sort of the deep, deep concepts that he's talking about here that are very hard for us as human beings to wrestle with and understand. But first, I want to set this framework and 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 pose a question, really. I, I want you to ask um, yourself this question uh, before we enter into this conversation, because I think it's really, really important. But just so you know where his audience is coming from, this, no coincidence, I'm sure, with, with the way Jesus works and interacts and, and his timing, as we've talked about through John, this is at the Feast of Dedication. And this isn't like an official feast. If you go into scripture and you study the feasts, you're not going to find the Feast of Dedication in the Old Testament. And the reason for that is this feast was established in what, what's called the intertestimonial period. So the time um, in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. There was a time that not everything was recorded in Israel's history. But Jesus is here um, celebrating this feast of dedication. And it's so important that we understand what this is about. This is you know this feast, and you've probably come in contact with it, it's called Hanukkah, and you've probably heard it around Christmas time Hanukkah that Jews celebrate Hanukkah. And the reason why they celebrate this particular feast, and they are are practicing uh, the celebration of this feast at this time when Jesus is speaking to them, um, and they pose this question to Jesus, there was this guy from Syria. Um, this leader called Antiochus Epiphanes, and this guy was a bad dude from what I understand. He went down to Egypt to try to stir up some trouble um you know fight Egypt. they repelled him um and so on his way back to Syria, he was was in, in a sense, he was really frustrated. And so he really took it all out on Israel. And, and so he oppressed Israel in a pretty nasty way. He totally disregarded Israel's practices. He even went into the temple um, and he slaughtered a pig there, which was, you know, they, they believed it was an unclean animal. Um, as you'll see in the Old Testament, it, pigs or pork was unclean. And so he took an unclean animal and he sacrificed it or slaughtered it on the altar just to make a mockery of Israel and their practices. He forced the Jews to change the name of the one true God, Yahweh, to Zeus. Um, I even have heard in studying these things, it, studies that like he he at one point was trying to keep the the multiplication of Israel down, and and I heard that he there was this woman who was caught who had a baby, regardless of sort of the order to stop multiplying from Antiochus. And what he did was he killed the baby, and he hung it around this woman's neck and marched her through town, and then. Uh, basically pushed them both off a cliff. This guy was a nasty dude, a really gnarly dude, and he was oppressing Israel. So what happened was there was this priest called Matthias, um, or Matthias. um, Maybe I'm saying that right. And he had a son. He actually had three sons, and one of them, was his name was Judas Maccabeus. And this guy was a warrior, a tactician. He was like a guerrilla warfighter. And this guy was a genius. And what he did was he um, defeated Antiochus Epiphanes' armies and drove Antiochus out of Israel. He was their savior. He was their warrior. He was, he was like the stereotypical, if you look back in ancient times, like, or if you think about you know, uh, the myriad of movies, right? Tons of movies have been made um, glorifying these warriors, right? We think of movies like 300 or whatever. These warriors who who were so capable. Judas Maccabeus was Israel's version of this guy, like uh, of like the 300 warriors or whatever. Like he was the ultimate warrior and he repelled this nasty dude. If they made a movie of it, like it would probably sell really well. Um, Judas Maccabeus. It's even got a cool name, right? So what happened was Judas drove Antiochus out of Israel. He retakes the temple and then they rededicate the temple. And there was a period of time where in that rededication, they said, Hey, we're going to light these lamps and um, we're not going to we're not going to fill the oil um, to keep the lamps going, but God is. And so that's why there's the whole thing with the candles and and with Hanukkah and that kind of a thing. So, so um, yeah, that's where Hanukkah comes from. It's the Maccabean revolt that this bad dude was in Israel and Judas Maccabeus um, drove him out. And so with that in their mind, when this Messiah is prophesied, in the Old Testament, that the Savior is going to come and save the world. Um, The Jewish people were imagining someone like Judas Maccabeus. And the reason I spent so much time describing sort of the type of warrior he he is known to be through history and and what we know um, is because this is what, what they had in their minds of what Jesus was supposed to look like. Yet we've seen time and time again, in the Gospel of John, Jesus calling people out of their physical expectations of how the kingdom of heaven works, how the kingdom of God and the reign of God works here on earth, from the feeding of the 5,000 to talking about his body as bread and and and. and wine, right? That they have to eat of his flesh. He's constantly calling the, the Jews out of this tangible place and into a spiritual place, that there is something far deeper going on. The Jews at the time were imagining Judas Maccabeus or a guy like him coming back in, riding on a white horse to repel Rome, who was their current oppressor that they would drive that he would come in and he would drive out Rome little did they know they have been oppressed from the moment adam and eve took a bite of the fruit and and rebelled against god and chose to worship themselves instead that jesus saw a far greater enemy that needed to be defeated and that enemy was death and that enemy was sin because he created us to love him and to be loved by him. And the only thing standing between us and him was our own pride, our own sin, our, our want and our need to idolize ourselves and worship ourselves over the God who created us. To, to be loved by him and to love him in return. To be vessels of his love on earth. And so Jesus, instead of coming in like Judas Maccabeus and repelling Rome, he came in and defeated the greatest enemy humanity has ever known, sin and death. And because of his work on the cross, we can now enter into life. We can also repel death and repel sin by the power of his spirit and live in eternal life. And we're going to talk a little more about this in the next few episodes, but I want to pose a question to you today. If you can sit down in a quiet place or find space in your day, if you're an artist, I want you to draw God. If you work better with words, will you just write out the characteristics that you know him to be? Don't look them up. Like off the top of your head, I want you to either in word or in picture, I want you to paint a picture of who you know God to be. I want you to ponder who do you think God is at your current position in your faith walk, in in your current spot in your journey, how God is crafting you. Maybe you haven't even started to begin uh, started to begin. You haven't even begun to ponder, like who is God? What does He look like? How does He operate? I want you to start that now, because we're gonna get into some some uh texts uh, and what Jesus says really challenges a lot of people on on how we view God, and we'll break it down. And I'm gonna try and make this as easy to di digest as possible, but. Let's start with the question, who do you believe God to be? And I want you to ask God to begin to reveal himself to you in a new way, that you would have an accurate view of God. That maybe the areas that you are imagining him, maybe, maybe just as the Jews imagined, the Messiah would look like Judas Maccabeus. What, God, what are some areas? Would you ask this question? God, what are some areas where I have a, a wrong uh, conception of who you are? Like, I don't, I don't understand this, or maybe I think I understand you in a way that is, that is off base. God, would you begin to hone in what you look like, who you are? And if you don't know where to start in those thoughts, I want you to imagine first and foremost, God is love. God is love. And so if you need to draw a big heart, or you just need to start on the page by saying, just writing, God is love. I want you to do that. I want you to take the time to imagine God in your mind, write down what you see, draw what you see. And let's start to ponder together who God is, who God really is according to the truth of his word. Because these are going to be some challenging things that we go through. And so let's get a baseline. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Hey, I love you guys. Um, I'm praying for you in this process. Um, hopefully this was helpful in helping you, um, understand where, where this audience was, um, so that we can know where we're headed. You have a great next couple of days and we'll talk again at the end of the week. Looking forward to it.